So here we are in January 2022 and it's a great opportunity for us to look at the year ahead with some hope and optimism and all that kind of naivety that everything's going to be beautiful and wonderful uh, and actually make some predictions as to what we're going to see in the year ahead. Well of course the very nature of making predictions means that we're going to be wrong so you can almost guarantee that at least some of these things will be wrong but I'm pretty confident that a few of them might be right. Actually I've got three things. So I've got three things I want to talk about. They're not all things that I particularly want or, or want to see the outcome, but um, they're things that I think will happen in the industry. So I'm going to start with one of the things that I'm, I'm not that keen on, which we saw a lot of last year, which is the proliferation of trendy colors. So clearly this was a move taken from some of the fashion industry or the more fashionable uh, uh, product categories in the market. And I'm thinking of well, for fashion brands and, and jewelry and, you know, watches and those sorts of things where you get these custom designer colors that come out in limited editions and they sell for um, premium prices. And for whatever reason, the coffee industry has latched onto this idea. And it's a terrible idea for the coffee industry because whilst, I don't know, a, a Rolex uh, timepiece with a special color limited edition may well sell for a premium in the future if you can get one. Um, the same is not necessarily true. In fact, I would say the same is absolutely not true for your espresso machine or grinder. So we saw the likes last year of Malconig coming out almost monthly with a new color for their EK43 grinder range. And we had some truly horrendous ones on there. Uh, I think Lovely Lavender was my least favorite. Uh, actually, the pink was quite nice. <laughs> the pink was quite nice. Pink, for some reason, it's always, it's always cool. But they had um, some horrible greens and lavenders and, and things like that. Um, Lamazocco jumped on the bandwagon with some truly, uh, truly horrendous statement that they made about going back to their roots. And that's why they've reimagined you know, the color green or something. I think they called it the Florentine Special Edition. I suspect that possibly part of the reason for this is that with the challenges surrounding manufacturing and COVID uh, in the pandemic, it's difficult for companies to, to be pushing out um, significant new features and to be in the shops and creating those 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 new products that we're that we're looking for and some bright spark and marketing said well why don't we just come out with some colors um, so i tell you who missed the opportunity was victoria arduino because they came out with their prima one already with a bunch of colors missed opportunity victoria arduino <laughs> if you just come out in white you know you could have sold those colors for a premium later on um, i think the the sort of award of the year for the worst, for me, most egregious um, branding premium came from Rocket, which is a real shame because I own a Rocket with the Rocket R58 uh, Rafa edition. So if you're not in the cycling world, um, you probably don't know the name Rafa, but Rafa is a premium cycling brand. And you basically get a fancy schmancy, you know, cap or jersey or something and just pay five times the price um, for that merino wool pair of socks that you got on uh, as opposed to a merino wool pair of socks from somewhere else. So um, they, 
uh, they did a deal, Rafa and, uh, and Rocket did a deal, came out with the uh, Rocket R58 Rafa edition, which is basically just black um, as opposed to silver, with, I mean, a couple of nice little touches on there, so the dials are, are toned down a little bit more of a cream instead of a, a bright white, which makes more sense against the black background. Um, but I would have loved to see that black option just as an option, uh, not even as a premium option or a hundred quid or whatever. And I actually might have taken that because it looks nice and it would be probably a lot, you know, show the dirt a lot less. But um, because it was aligned with the Rafa brand, it was a premium, I think of about 600 pounds, you know, close to a thousand dollars on top of a 2000, I think, I think sort of the, the R58's about 2,200 pounds and, and the Rafa edition was 2,700. You know, you get uh, the Rafa name on there, puts, they put Rafa on the knobs. Is that worth 500 quid? I'd just get, I put that money into a grinder, I don't know. I'm sure they did, they made a limited edition. I expect they were all sold out. Um, this year I expect to see that continue, I'm afraid to say, uh, partially because of the continued lockdowns in Europe and, and the manufacturing challenges that those companies will face, but also partially because I think um, people are buying them and they're getting away with it for a bit, but people will get bored of it. I give it another year. And I think after this next year, they'll have to come up with something new. So that's number one. I think fashionable colors, I'm afraid, are gonna be here for another year. Number two, this is more interesting. So I started with the boring, I should have started with the interesting one, shouldn't I? Oh, blew it. Oh, I'm not gonna go back and redo it. Number two, um, I think it's time, I think the time is now, it's a zeitgeist moment for the espresso manufacturer companies to get into reinventing, no, no, let's call it reimagining, okay, to reimagine the steaming function on their machines. So Breville, Sage have been doing this for a while. They've had the little thing, you push down and you put a knob and, you know, whatever, and it just steams it automatically. And all the people who are you know, more serious into their coffee like myself, um, may have been tempted to uh, look down on that function and talk about how it's not as good as if you were to do it yourself, which is true in some circumstances. If you're good at steaming milk, it certainly is true. If you're not so good at steaming milk, it may not be true actually. Um, but, you know, it was sort of limited and I, I, I'm talking from experience here. I've had a couple of Sage machines, um, which I bought and sold for, for testing. And um, I can say that actually they did a decent job of, of frothing milk. And it, it took a lot of frustration out for some people who are new, who wanted to make coffees at home and, um, and didn't have or want to spend the hours and hours of time learning how to, to stretch and froth milk properly. They could put it in there and they could get a decent result. But take a look at some new companies coming out, there's some new technology, and I'm thinking of a company called Perfect Moose as an example. So Perfect Moose has a, uh, it's more of a, I think a higher end, probably more commercial shop oriented steaming attachment. And the company, there's actually two versions. One attaches to your uh, espresso machine and one standalone. And these I think are really aimed for coffee shops where they want to be able to steam milk and maybe not necessarily put the training into baristas or they've got a high turnover of staff and, it, and it's just it's difficult to get them to get them all trained. But you want to have that consistency. 
So when you're in a shop, consistency is very important. You don't want to like be an amazing superstar for one customer and let another customer down. That consistency, inconsistency doesn't help you. So I think it's a great opportunity this year for companies to start to reinvent, sorry, reimagine their steaming functions. I don't think we'll see anything come out um, from them this year. Again, I think the challenges of lockdown will prevent that. But I think we'll start to, maybe towards the end of the year, see announcements. Maybe Host Milano next, this year, we'll, we'll see some announcements. So I'm going to predict, be brave in that one, and say that I think we're going to see some um, new technology coming around on the, on the steaming functions on our espresso machines. I'd like to take 20 seconds just to thank one of our sponsors. And if you've not heard of them, I'm going to introduce you to a world of amazing coffee. Peabury Coffee Roasters source and roast some of the best coffees in the UK. I've spent time at their roastery and I can tell you that they genuinely care about every batch of coffee they roast and deliver. Use the link in the notes to get 10% off every order of coffee you make with Peabury. So, number three. We're around to number three. This is the final one. And this is sort of a bit of a, it's a bit of an easy one actually. I'm, I'm sort of sure I'm going to get this one right because it's already the trends are already emerging single dose grinders we're going to move away from these um, big hopper grinders into I think we're going to see more and more manufacturers doing single dose grinders but here's the thing I think we're going to start to see the single dose grinder market come down down markets that's not the right word to say come sort of maybe more commoditized so at the moment you're talking about the Lagom P64, P100s, which you can't get, uh, or the, um, sort of even the more expensive ones, uh, whose name now I forget, but even the EK43, you know, that's a single dose, you can use that as a single dosing grinder. Um, so uh, there's a, three or four of them out there. The Weber, the Weber is actually one I, I love to have the Weber, but I mean, it's big and it's, you know, it's, you can't get it anyway. And it's, it's just three and a half grand. So I think some of those, some of those grinders um, are going to start, either those companies are going to start making a lower end version um, for the $1,000 sort of price range, maybe even sub $1,000 price range of high quality single dosing grinders. Um, or we're going to see some, maybe some new entrants uh, into that market one company who I think uh, potentially is well suited to do that is Lagom. So just take a look at what they're doing. They, they're moving quite fast and they're, um, they're producing quite a few interesting. I and mean, they've got the Lagom Mini, which doesn't really appeal to me because it's maybe, I think, maybe more oriented towards, uh, towards pour over coffees. But they've already got the Lagom P100, the P64, the Lagom Mini. They've got, I think, got an electric grinder. Very interesting company, very interesting company. And I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to reinvent and, and to, um, to, to level the playing field in elegant single dose grinding technology for the home market. I think that's gonna be a very interesting space to watch. I think the, the people like Monolith and, and Weber, they're gonna probably stick at the high end. Um, niche will be an interesting one. I don't think, everyone keeps on saying, when's Niche gonna come out with the Niche 2? I don't think they will, actually. I don't think they need to. They continuously sell out. I think for the next year at least, maybe what you'll see uh, is, I mean, what they could do, <laughs> what 
they could do, of course, is come out with a new colour. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. I hate, I'd hate them to do that. Please don't do that, Chris and, and, and son. Um, but, uh, but they could do that if they ever, you know, sales ever sort of started to lag a little bit, come out with a special edition and, you know, a green or a pink, a pink niche. Ooh, pink niche, that, that, that would go, do you know what? A pink niche, that would go over very well with a lot of people, uh, but not me. But I think they could also come out with some slightly more premium materials. Um, I don't think they need to change the design. They put a lot of thought into that design. I don't think they're necessarily going to change it because for the price point, it's still hard to beat. $500 or whatever it is um, in pounds, I think 300 quid. Um, is it that? I don't know what it is. Anyway, at that price point, it is relatively unbeatable in the single dose market. Um, but the only complaint people do have is sometimes is that the materials feel a bit cheap. So what they could do is, um, is, uh, is to make some slightly more premium materials, keep the design the same, maybe add a different color or some color accents. And I think that would keep them in the market going for another three years. So there you have it. What are your thoughts? I'd be interested to know, I'm mean, really interested to know genuinely um, what your thoughts are and your predictions for the year ahead. What are we going to see? Is there anything that's going to be really exciting this year or is it going to be a year of treading water? Do let me know. Like and subscribe, of course, and uh, we'll see you next week.